Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The Gospel for this weekend picks up exactly where we left off last weekend. Remember last weekend? It's very beginning of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Jesus climbs a mountain, he sits down, and begins to teach his disciples the Beatitudes. It's his vision of Christianity. We could say it's the blueprint to the Christian life. Now we also learned, when we look at the Beatitudes as a whole, it gives us a beautiful portrait of Jesus Christ, such that the more we live out the Beatitudes, the more we live into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, which is everything that he wants for us to do. And so today we pick up exactly where we left off. We are still up on that mountain with Jesus as he's teaching us everything that we need to know about Christianity. Now notice what he says. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Instead, it is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others so that they may see the good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Now, salt, light, a city set on a hill, those are all very interesting metaphors. Now, they all have a common theme, is that they all benefit other things or other people. Look at salt. When we sit down to eat a meal, we just don't sit down and eat a whole bowl of salt by itself. No, we use salt. Salt benefits other things that we eat. Salt is used as a seasoning. It provides taste and enlivens the food that we are about to eat. Now, when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, he doesn't mean the popular expression that you or I may use to describe a person of good character. We may say, you know, he's a person that is the salt of the earth. He's down to the earth. He's a good moral character. Jesus is not using that term or that expression. Instead, salt, when we think about it, is added to make things better. Whatever we eat, whether it's soup, meat, vegetables, you know, we've all eaten bland meals at some point in time in our our life, and they just don't taste right. That's why people complain about hospital food. Hospital food is notoriously bland. Why? Because hospitals know There's a direct link between salt and blood pressure. But we know salt spices up and enlivens the things that we eat. So when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, he means Christians like us, we must spice up the world. We must promote and protect all that is good and true in this world. Think of it. Adam and Eve, when they ushered sin into this world, 
the whole world became bland. And yet, Jesus is telling us that we now have to reverse that momentum. We have to spice up the world. great example of this is the saints. If you read the biographies of the saints, they spiced up the world, and they did it in their own way. The saints were conduits of God's grace, and they spiced up the world in different ways. Look at St. Paul. He spiced up the world by preaching and evangelizing. Thomas Aquinas, by his great works, literary works on the Holy Trinity and the Eucharist. John Paul II, he spiced up the world in his world youth days, in which he invigorated our youth, inspired them in their faith. Mother Teresa, she, by caring for the sick and the suffering and the poor. The saints, they had a zest for life. They made life worth living. Now, what else does salt do? Well, in the ancient world, they discovered that salt was a great preservative of meat. And essentially, in the ancient world, if you didn't preserve meat with salt, it would spoil within a matter of hours. And so they gradually added salt to meat, and they were able to preserve it for days, maybe even weeks. So just like meat needed salt in order for it to preserve, we need to live our lives by the Beatitudes in order for our spiritual and moral character to preserve and not rot away, not corrode or decay. Take it a step further. When we live out our faith, we preserve not only our spiritual and moral character, but the spiritual and moral character of others. By living out the Beatitudes, by living a virtuous life, we become a great role model for others. I always say, people who live a good and decent life motivates others to live a good and decent life. Good, I'll give you a good analogy. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, this past season, he had a phenomenal year. Now, what was so unusual, there were so many injuries to the team. Aaron Rodgers was playing with second string, even third string players, yet it didn't make a difference. He played extremely well, and that's the key. Because he played extremely well, these second and third string players were motivated. They played beyond themselves. Aaron Rodgers elevated these other players to play beyond their skills and their abilities. And see, that's what Jesus is getting at when he says, you are the salt of the earth. We can be role models such that people can live now decent and morally good lives. What else does salt do? Well, it has a destructive capability to it. You know, we know that more than ever. Living in Wisconsin during these winter times, we see ice on the road or on the pavement and we throw salt down. After a while, the salt breaks up that ice. Well, if we truly are salt of the earth, then we have to break up a world frozen by sin. More to it, in the ancient world, the Romans, when they conquered a people or a nation to add insult to injury, they would plow salt into the fields so that nothing could grow there at all. You know, a great example of this is the Carthaginian War. When the Romans defeated the Carthaginians, Basically, they plowed salt into the crops of the Carthaginians so that no crops could grow there for years and years. And so, salt has a destructive capability to it. So again, when Jesus says, 
you are the salt of the earth, what we have to bring is destruction or an end to the evil in this world. I'll give you a great example of this. Just look, a couple weeks ago, the march in Washington, D.C., the March for Life, you had thousands and thousands of Catholics marching for life, for the end of the evil of abortion. You see, that was a great example of people acting as salt of the earth. Next, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. We have to work to cast the light of God into this world, to bring God's light into darkened areas of this world. And there are dark areas of this world, darkened by violence, hunger, poverty. You see, when we illuminate those areas, people who live in those areas will see and know the way and the path to God. See, when we do that, we illuminate those people in those areas. We become a beacon of hope for people that live in violence and poverty, live with a sense of hopelessness. Next, Jesus says, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, in the ancient world, again, cities sometimes were built on hills intentionally, and they were used as a means of navigation. Remember, there are very few lighthouses in the ancient world. If you were a sailor and you're on a ship, you use the geography of the coastline, especially at night, to navigate. Well, when you saw that city set on a hill and all the light that it was giving off, you could successfully judge the proximity that you were within the coastline. And then you could navigate safely to the harbor. So when Jesus says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, that city on the hill is our church. That's what he's referring to. And so it's so important for us to remain in the church. Because as long as we remain in the church, we can successfully navigate the spiritual and moral life so that it always leads to Jesus Christ. You know, in some ways it conjures up that great prophecy of Isaiah to the Israelites in which he tells the Israelites, you will be a light for all the nations. What he meant by that, as long as the Israelites, as long as the Israelites lived in obedience to the law, they lived exemplary lives. They would become a beacon to attract other nations to God. Well, now Jesus is telling us that's the mission of our church. Our church fulfills that prophecy. Therefore, Jesus calls us to shed the light of his light in those areas of darkness by doing good works, by simply living out the Beatitudes. The more we live out the Beatitudes, the more we influence the world for the better. So what must we do? Well, we must spice up the world in our own way whether it's evangelizing, whether it's praying, whether it's doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, whatever it is, we have to spice up the world. What else must we do? We must live out our faith so that we preserve not only our moral and spiritual character, but the moral and spiritual character of others. We must work to destroy the evil in this world. We also have to be a light for others, a beacon of hope for people who live in hopelessness. And finally, we must always remain in the church. When we do that, then we will always safely and successfully navigate the spiritual and moral life that will lead to Jesus Christ. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week, reread this gospel, 
We have to live out the Beatitudes. That's what it means to be a Christian. And when we do that, we will be the salt of the earth. And we will be the light to the world. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.